0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep hey, look, I know you don't have to, you know, have any good. I didn't say, I didn't say,
1: I didn't finish it out yet.
0: <laughs> I didn't even say it. You're so antsy and anxious. To not oh, get no, squeezed trying, out of this, I was trying to get it in first
1: no, this time. I thought we really were gonna change really. it up. Like I would say oh, it first. No, no, no. We definitely weren't. weren't no, after. no,
0: definitely not changing anything up, so you could say it first. Can not
1: play with him. Can't win with him. Can't go through. It. Can't do
0: it. I mean, listen. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. No!
1: you are now locked in to the clock dodgers, podcast. clock dodgers podcast
0: this is episode number 130 of the clock dodgers podcast i'm your host neil with me is adam life good over there mr humidifier <laughs> breathing free and clear free and clear it's been cold here in florida am i, am I like allowed to say that what do you think cold is i don't know man i mean it's been like anything below 70 is cold (laughs) anything below 70 is legitimately cold at this point um but it, it got down there you know it was in the 50s and 60s and it may have cracked the 40s a little bit i don't know but yeah man some kind of cold front or something and man we all had to break out those jackets and sweaters and sweatpants and you know, all that good stuff. But I know it's kind of, like, disrespectful to say to people who are actually in cold places.
1: No, man, it was nice here today. I think we hit 30.
0: <laughs> One of the things you hear down here a lot is whenever you say to somebody who's, like, from another place, which is majority of people, when you go, oh, it's cold out here today, you go, yeah, for Florida. That's, like, that's the line. That's the, you hit them with the, yeah, for Florida, it's cold. That's the line you get hit with. That's the cool guy status when you say that. Yeah, it's cold for Florida. Because I'm so tough. Got then, some really
1: quality people down yeah. there.
0: and then you got the people who are trying to, like, prove everybody wrong. They're like, I'm out here in shorts and some some sandals, some flip-flops. What are you guys acting like it's cold for?
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I can't dig that. Like, no matter where you are, once it drops below, like, 72 degrees, which is, like, classic air conditioner inside temperature... Once it gets any lower than that, I, I don't know. I, I'm putting on long sleeves. I don't yeah, I, care. I, mean, I
0: don't know why people want to feel the need to pretend like it's not cold. Like if it's cold, no, it's cold, man. I Just
1: fucking embrace it.
0: What is your point? What do you what are you proving here, Mr. Macho man? Like whatever. It's it was cold, Ooh, Adam. Yeah, That's yeah. all I can tell you, man. It was cold down here. But I hope everything is nice and comfy in Chicago, and in, in in your area, whatever, no, suburb, whatever still,
1: suburb you're in. Still dealing with sauna apartment. Still a sauna apartment. Hmm. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is there like yeah, a I, my, deadline? I have my air conditioner on low right now. It is 20 degrees out. Is
0: there, is there like a deadline when that goes away, like when you're expecting that to fall off a little bit?
1: Yeah, whenever they cut the heat at the end of winter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's so ridiculous. All right. But All right. I guess better this than it being cold.
0: Yeah. Eh, eh. I guess it depends. It depends. It's tropical up in here. It's tropical. <laughs> so it's a strange way to describe your apartment. Tropical. <laughs> Living where you live. But anyway, anyway. On to, on to something else Thursday Night Football. We're actually recording this post Thursday Night Football. Like it ended like five minutes ago, I think, when we were recording this. Um, To many people's surprise, I would say, the Cowboys actually won this game 13-10. you surprised,
1: Adam? Shocked. I mean, it's like the Saints turned back into a pumpkin. Like, they looked awful. Yeah. It was just – it was rough. I mean, the start of the game was rough. I think Breeze started with, like, one, maybe two completions in his first seven, eight attempts. Like, it just – it started really rough and it didn't, they never, they never got a rhythm going. I don't know if it was just a short week or what, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a rough game. And it's not like the Cowboys looked amazing either. It was just, I don't know. It was a tough game to watch. I'll be honest. I didn't really watch all of it. I kind of was half watching it because it was just it was it was no it was no Chiefs Rams you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there was nothing particular that stood out about this one and it's weird because like you said you know going to this game I was talking to somebody else they're like hey what do you think about this game I'm like well I expect the Saints to win like they, they've only lost one game I don't I don't think the Cowboys are gonna get them number two but here we are this is the thing about football man it makes you look like a jackass here and there um, so yeah I mean it wasn't that fun it wasn't that great for fantasy purposes. Um, Breeze, like you said, was never got on things. He only had 127 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the running backs eh, didn't really do too much, I guess. Uh, you know, Kamara gave you a little bit of action, if you, especially if you're in PPR. Um, but no touchdowns from those guys. Nobody really caught the ball you care about unless you're a Keith Kirkwood fan. Um, <laughs> he got the only touchdown for the Rams, for the Saints. And on the Cowboys side of the ball, Dak Prescott. Did, did, did much better than Breeze. Um, Elliot, Elliot came away good. If you're an Elliot owner, you're happy with today's game. I think that's the only guy that's like super happy. Cooper, a little bit, but yeah, Elliot's the only guy that, I get, that people really came away probably really happy with the outcome. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Cooper in PPR leagues, 15 points—that's real solid. But ultimately, I mean, this game was pretty rough. In, unless you're a big Zeke fan, and I don't know. I, I just, I think it's just so fascinating when we have these teams like the Saints that just look so dominant week after week after week, and then they turn back into a pumpkin. And it's like, it just happens so effortlessly. It's it's wild.
0: In your fantasy playoffs, in your, uh, you know, it depends on the way your league set up. It could be a wild card. It could be actual playoffs have started, and this is what your your Saints do for you, man. They, they roll all season long and then just like, oh, you know what? When you need us most, we're just going to fail on you. And that's what they did. So this is going to affect some teams for sure who are used to getting points from their Saints. But there's really not too much to speak about in this game. I don't want to talk about Cooper. I don't like the guy. He's thrown a lot of shade at my Raiders recently. So uh, we're not going to talk about him right now. But other than that, Anything else you want to talk about with this game? Any anything to added to recap? It's not really an exciting recap for this one.
1: No, I mean you know Cooper's looked great ever since he got to the Cowboys. Hey, I just he's just said he's kind, kind of a must start right down the I just here. said we're not
0: going to talk about him right now i mean you weren't going to yeah well, but, i mean let's talk about that i thought it was just like important to bring
1: no nah, i mean
0: that, michael you know, gallup out he's really them. turned the
1: corner ever since he, nah, he changed franchises nah. it's just you know there's been a lot of players who that rookie look franchises good, man. over the year that you look, know you have golden uh, tate demarius know, thomas saints like, did nothing but no one's really made as good of a transition as amari cooper has and that's all i'm sir, getting at sir it's just like
0: is that your mic cutting out
1: that that might be because he's not a raider anymore
0: you've done really well talking over me that whole time i try you stayed strong on that cooper pull i'm gonna act like yeah. it didn't happen i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna tag it on on the recording here and question whether i just go back and delete your your comments um <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to talk a little bit about the scott fishbowl really quick before we go into anything else because for those who have been listening all year long or for those who are super heavy in the fantasy community especially on twitter you're affiliated with the scott fishbowl you're familiar with it um and adam we both made the playoffs my man we both made yes. the playoffs <laughs> i know there's other podcasts out there whose hosts cannot say that um so i'm low-key proud about it you know i'm a little happy there's no shade it's just facts i'm happy that we both made it man because now we get to continue to talk about it um you have had a particularly good year though
1: yeah most definitely i uh I won my league, uh, both best record and most total points in the uh, Troy and Abed division. So, yeah, it's a, it's been a great year. I think I'm uh, 60th right now in, in total points. So I got a shot down the stretch. It'll be interesting. It's been a weird year, though, because this team that I have uh, had Le'Veon Bell on it as my first pick. So if, uh, if I would have actually just... Made a slight change and drafted Gurley instead of Bell. I probably would be looking at like a top ten, top five ranking right now, which would be just amazing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what this team does down the stretch. I got, I don't know, I got a lot of holes I filled. Like looking at this team, I'm I'm kind of shocked. I mean, like I obviously I see the pieces that I have that have been really successful but i also see like i don't know a lot of just plug and play stuff that i've made work which has been really cool i mean like tyler boyd who i think i picked in like one of the last rounds has been kind of an every week starter for me i've had humphreys going most of the stretch here that he's been really successful like i've just i don't know i've found a way just to kind of plug and play at the right times and it's nice when you you know you have a team that you can do that on it feels i don't know to me it feels like more of an accomplishment than even just drafting a killer team so it's it's been a fun year
0: yeah i'm not much of a silver lining guy or a guy who tries to you know find the the positives and things but i mean just the fact that you made it there even with drafting Le'Veon bell i mean it's an accomplishment in itself you got to be kind of proud of that, just in, in itself. But, of course, I know if you fall short here or you don't advance, you're going to be disappointed, which
1: is fair, of course. Uh, well, I got to buy this week. So. Oh, yeah, this
0: week you're good. So
1: Yeah, are you playing this week, or did you get a buy as yeah, well?
0: Yeah, no, I should be playing this week.
1: Mm. I was uh, like, I almost, was like but a... Almost. Uh,
0: I was one of those you know your total score guys got me in there kind of thing i didn't win my division and stuff like you so yeah well you tried though i
1: tried man i tried and and now i mean after after this week i mean this week i think is the only week that you get an average um from the regular season so you get a little boost with your average from the regular season uh this week but then moving forward it's anybody's game i mean there's there's no carry over from anything that's happened before. It's basically like DFS almost with just your, your roster. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. This round, like, so it'll take like your average score and then it adds your scores from your players this week. And that's what your score is ultimately. Um, which I don't know if that helps me cause I'm kind of at the bottom of the group a little bit. So yeah. they already kind of have a jump on me. I feel like
1: a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. But
0: uh, yeah, it's just basically the top ten scores advance, I think, into the next round. Um, you know, from each division and the wild card. So, I'm in there, man. I'm gonna give it a good. I'm gonna give it a little shot. I don't. I don't know. What do you think about my team this week, man? What do you think about my team? Let's just let's just get into this really quick, right? You tell me where you think I'm going wrong. If you think, what you think here, okay? And I don't even know how I'm here at this point either, like you. <laughs> 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 um, mine's even worse than yours. So, first situation is first situation I have is you tell me what you would do here. I had Derek Carr and Tannehill. Would you start both? Would you start one and say, I can't risk both playing? Um, what, what would you do in that situation before you even hear anything else?
1: Oh, man. Those are your only two quarterbacks, right? Oh, Flacco. <laughs> Those Second, are your only, only two, two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because when – When I play Superflex, I have a very hard time starting a positional player over a quarterback. Um, I actually think Derek Carr is a decent play this week. Um, I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball to try and keep up with Casey. Casey's pass defense is terrible. So, I mean, there's always the chance that Oakland is just Oakland and are just... Abysmal, even in a good situation. But I feel like with Carr, there's enough things pointing in the right direction that him being a quarterback just kind of gives it that extra little boost. But with Tannehill, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. He kind of surprised me last week. Um, I, I didn't think him in a return would be pretty successful. And, you know, he was, he was decent. So I would say, you know, in a vacuum... I'm probably just going to roll with quarterbacks that are at all competent, and I think that they're both competent. So let me
0: tell you the rest of my incompetent lineup, and you tell me if you still feel that way. Right now, the other guys that I have started in, at running back, I threw in Marlon Mack, who had that concussion situation going on, but he looked like he was a full participant today, so he's going to be in my lineup as of right now, but he's playing Jacksonville. Um, James White, Phillip Lindsay, and TJ Yeldon. Yeah, those forward. are all solid. That's
1: actually a really good core right
0: now. Yeah, I also have I do Johnson, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to play him and Jalen Rashard. They're both there too, just in case anything gets funny. Um, oh, Jalen Richard I like this yeah, week. Yeah, so I what like I'm saying. this week a lot. That's what I'm saying. There's some questions here. Okay, and then my okay. receiver, I have Devonte Adams in there right now. Um, T. Y. Hilton, as long as he's healthy, and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I have Allen Robinson. I'm not going to play him. Um, I also have, um, what's his name in the lineup? Tyler Lockett in the lineup too. Uh, so I have, those are my wide receivers and then I have Gronkowski and Kelsey in.
1: So any of those guys that you would change out? Um, no, I mean, you, do you have a really solid team? Honestly, I think I might like your team better than mine. <laughs> this is, it's this weird. is funny.
0: It's weird. I've pieced it, this team together. It's weird, man.
1: Yeah, it is. But I mean, you've got a lot of good pieces and a lot of things are falling into place at the right time. Like TJ Yeldon. um, yeah, I'm try I'm like hard pressed to find a weak link other than your quarterbacks, yeah. which I That's I understand saying, why you're but, questioning but you're saying, maybe benching them.
0: Yeah, you're saying start one of them over one of those guys I mentioned.
1: Oh, you don't have both the quarterbacks starting right now. In that lineup okay. I don't have them all starting. Huh.
0: And I don't and like I said, you know, the TJ Yelda thing is, you know, obviously Fournette's out this week, but you know, in a case if Fournette's back and everything, I got Rashard and Duke Johnson stuff. So I'm not, or at least Rashard, who I like who I like right now. But um, I don't know who, I mean, obviously if someone's hurt and they're not going to play, it's going to make this really easy for me. But if no one gets hurt, man, they all play. Tannehill, I'm trying to figure out where I squeeze them in there, man.
1: Well, just because somebody plays, if they're hurt, doesn't mean they're going to get you any points, as I've learned from Traquan right. Smith tonight. Right, and like I learned like, from
0: Allen Robinson. I'm stopped playing. I'm not using him no more. I'm done.
1: Yeah, it's it's rough. But, I mean, I just – I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find the weak link. I mean, I think your lowest wide receiver is probably Tyler Lockett that you have playing. And, I mean, I still would want to start him. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable benching him. Uh, especially in a good matchup against San Francisco. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like every every wide receiver you have, I'm pretty confident in. And all the running backs that you presented, you know, they have they have solid upside. Um,
0: Marlon Mack, maybe he's the question mark here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see playing Jalen Richard over Marlon Mack. Or if... Uh, or Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, you you could you could roll with him over Tannehill. Like I said, I mean, I'm I'm typically just gonna roll with both quarterbacks and then fill in the rest. Yeah. But I mean, you're gonna run into those weeks, especially in the Scott Fishbowl, where you get negative four points for interceptions and an extra negative two if the interception gets returned for a touchdown. Like you can have some rough weeks, man. I I had a week earlier this year where uh, I think it was Ryan Fitzpatrick got me like negative six points. It was just That's it was crazy. painful. Yeah. Like, you can have some rough ones, so. Yeah. Well,
0: it'll be f- it'll be I, fun I and stressful, idea. man. But for you, you get your little bye week. You don't have to worry about nothing. But I'm going to be going through it this week, man. I'm going to be going through it. We'll see how it pans out. We'll, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated. I'll keep you updated, Adam. Let's talk about uh, me and you were mentioning this off the air, but um, the fantasy football leaders from weeks 1 through 12 so far, right? Um you had mentioned that there was some interesting names on there. Um you were also, you know, kind of uh you know surprised by the ADP and how it's matched up kind of with where people are are at right now. Um what what stood out to you originally when you first pulled it up that kind of piqued your interest right away? Was it a certain player? Was it just everything as a whole like you, like I said with the
1: ADP or what was it? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've kind of taken away is how much we didn't have, like, giant injuries this year. And uh, how, like you said, the leaders right now are, are quite close to average draft position. So say, for instance, in the top 12 right now, players that were likely drafted in the first two rounds of your draft, we have Todd Gurley, Saquon, Kamara, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson and Joe Mixon. That's nine of our top 12. I mean, the only players that in in, for running backs and PPR in the top 12 that came from outside of that are James Conner, who essentially is a Le'Veon Bell replacement. Who, you know, if that was Le'Veon Bell, would have been drafted in the first two rounds. So that would be 10 now. And the only two that really came from nowhere were James White and Phillip Lindsay. So it's been really interesting. I feel like it's been a long time since there was a year like that where just so many of the players who you thought were going to do well actually did well.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, with James White, hopefully he gets his respect from going forward, man. Like, it, we, I think James White has proved his point at this point. Like, he, he you just got to respect the guy. We can't really care who else is there. He's going to get his. He's a part of that offense. And then Philip Lindsay, man, another guy who deserves some respect. If I have to hear Royce Freeman's wo- name one more fucking time and how he's going to do something or how they, they're they going to give him the ball, they're going to force it to him because they have to give it to him. Philip Lindsay is the man. I don't know why people are fighting this. I don't know why it's so hard in in a, in a fantasy football aspect to get over the fact that Philip Lindsay is the best back in, in, in Denver. I don't know what the deal is, but he is. He is, and I, and it should only get better. I mean, it shouldn't get worse for him. Um, so I don't know why people why people are you know having this problem embracing him. But yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, obviously there's names after that that get hectic. Um, you know, after the, after the names you've mentioned, it gets a little crazy, but. Um, it is interesting how it stayed the course. And again, this is just another example of the fact that from year to year, everything is different, man. It changes and it changes and it changes and there's no way to ever just settle into one, you know, belief or idea
1: and fancy. It's funny you say that because looking at the wide receivers now, all I'm thinking is people who drafted running back, running back, wide receiver probably had a great year because the top three wide receivers through the first 12 weeks in PPR leagues were all third-round picks. Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, and Devonta Adams, which I think is fascinating. That, like, if you drafted running back, running back, wide receiver, you probably, you probably are doing quite well. Like, you probably really had a high probability of hitting. And uh, beyond that, I mean, the next five are all first and second-round picks. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones... Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell. I mean, it's not till number nine that you get to anyone who is really even drafted outside the top three rounds, and that's Juju Smith-Suster. And then you have Stefan Diggs at 10, Mike Evans at 11. I mean, again, guys that were drafted within the first two, three rounds, and Emmanuel Sanders rounds it out. So, really, I mean, between running back and wide receiver, you really only have five players. That were drafted outside the first three rounds that finished inside the top twelve of their position so far, and uh, I think that that's that's way more accurate than I feel like most years are. Most years feel way more chaotic, and if you go over to you know quarterback and tight end, those are those are a bit more chaotic. But it is it's really interesting. It caught me off guard that uh, that it's been that consistent.
0: Yeah, and then when you look again, when you look out, you know, in the top twenty still, but. You look at the guys like Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley. There's these guys who sneak in, you know, who, you know, I don't think anybody really... I mean, did anybody predict any of these guys to be in the top 20? No, right? I mean, there's no way. Um, so, you know, again, this always goes to that idea of, you know, the sleeper picks, not wasting them, you know, not wasting your waiver moves incorrectly, trading for guys before they get hot. Like, there's always going to be guys that are super impactful that you know, it w- they, not that they weren't on anybody's radar, but that, you know, some people maybe just didn't see it coming or, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like some people just waste those late picks sometimes. And these are guys that, you know, they find their way in or they waste the waivers or they're not, you know, into that kind of stuff and they just kind of stick to their plan. You know what I mean? And this is, you know, the guys that crack it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's been interesting um, on both fronts. Um, you feel like you said quarterback and tight end were more chaotic as far as the top though. According to ADP and then who's really there? The well, yeah, I mean nuts.
1: even if you take just like Rob Gronkowski for instance, I mean he's only played eight games, so that's gigantic. But even in even from like a points per game perspective, there's been five different tight ends who actually six who about scored him on points per game. So if you would have told me coming into the year, Rob Gronkowski who's being drafted in the second, you know, third third round wouldn't even be a top six tight end on points per game like that's that would be unexpected now Ertz and Kelsey held up to where they were being drafted early and I feel like if you drafted either of them early that's what I'm saying man if you went running back running back and either wide receiver or tight end in the third round that's where Ertz Kelsey Thielen uh, Tyreek Hill all those guys were going right in that range I mean you you're sitting pretty probably but and how, uh, and
0: how about the yeah. uh, inconsistent guys like Jared Cook and Ebron, who nobody believed in anymore? No, the definitely dive, not both of them.
1: Yeah, I was I was definitely on the Doyle over Ebron train, and uh, that has not worked out well. I should have <laughs> should have given Ebron more of a chance. But yeah, I, after he was done in Detroit, I just thought he was hopeless. But man, I don't think so anymore. I think that that's. That's one of those things that I wonder if that's a buy-high candidate in dynasty leagues. Just go out and get Ebron for whatever he costs because him and Luck, like, Ebron's young still. He's young. He can be playing with Luck for his whole career if they keep this up. I mean, it. I don't know. It, it has a ton of potential.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how just changing teams you know, and opportunities and getting that fresh outlook and how it could – I mean, people always – we're waiting for this Ebron, you know, in Detroit, and it just never happened. And so here it is happening. He's on a new team, new environment. It's just one of those things, man. It's, I don't know how to explain it, <laughs> but it's just one of those situations. And like you said, with Doyle there, I mean, nobody was expecting Ebron to be up there, you know, this high at least. Even if they both played well, you wouldn't expect him to be top five. So it's, it's, but you know, tight end is one of those funny positions. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a super interesting stuff to look at. I think, you know, by week 12, like we've given it, you know, enough time where any kind of inconsistencies or, you know, lucky weeks and all that kind of stuff has been kind of pushed out. So I feel like this is a pretty honest outlook at this point. You know, we told, I know the season's not over, but I feel like 12 weeks in, it's pretty, you know, pretty legitimate at this point. And, you know, now that it's locked in, these guys are obviously a little, you know, they can move around a little bit. But um, I think it's really an interesting, you know, perspective to take a look at. Um, is there anyone that, like, totally, totally shocked you here that you just can't believe is here. Like that you've thought at, for sure was tight in water. No 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 just overall, period. Any of these positions.
1: Um I mean I think that at the quarterback position it's it's shocking to me that Patrick Mahomes has been this good. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um and then I mean to kind of follow up with that, I think it's actually really interesting to look at the quarterback position and just think of how much late-round quarterback gets harp, like just harped on and everybody was like, oh, now quarterback's becoming a value because you can get Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round or the fourth round and then Aaron Rodgers goes out and he's the QB eighth so far on the year. Yeah. I mean, you've got quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, who people were drafting as the second quarterback overall and he's 11th You've got guys like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, who are probably drafted third, fourth, fifth at at the latest, and they're not even in the top 12. So it's it's really... To me, it really just hammers home the late-round quarterback approach. I mean, I drafted a lot of Andrew Luck and a lot of Ben Roethlisberger, and those guys are at 6 and 7, both above Aaron Rodgers, and you could get them in some of the latest rounds. And honestly i've had a ton of success just with streaming quarterbacks i mean i have one team where i've been able to stream mitchell trubisky through a stretch where he was really good uh ryan Fitzpatrick early when he was really good i was able to stream um Jameis winston now i mean there's there's been a lot of guys like that where you know just the plug and play quarterback really seems to be the most effective way to do it and uh I think the idea of drafting quarterback early has hopefully just died, but I know it won't. I know we will see people draft Patrick Mahomes within the first 3 rounds of drafts yeah. this next year. It's going to happen. If not in like the first round of your draft because somebody just gets crazy and thinks, "Hey, this guy is just, you know, he's going to be the second coming." <laughs> like he's just going to he's going to be somebody who reinvents fantasy football or something yeah. and uh,
0: I mean he's definitely exciting to watch. No oh doubt for,
1: for sure. And I, I mean I love the dynasty teams that I have him on. I mean he's he's crushing. I have one super flex team that I have Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees on. And it's great. I love Damn. it. But uh but yeah, I mean that uh you know that that's Part of the fun of having dynasty teams in my opinion is yeah. being able to have like quarterbacks like that who I'm never I'm never gonna pay for that in a seasonal league.
0: No, definitely not. I think like the most surprising thing on here for me is and I, I don't know if it I don't know if I'm in the majority with this or the minority with this, but Tom Brady almost out of the top fifteen.
1: That's like, what I'm saying. That's like,
0: crazy. Like I I mean even if you Russell that, Wilson too. Yeah. I mean Derek Carr. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carson Wentz though.
0: Yeah. there's one yeah there's some interesting I mean, ones down yeah. there it's kind of surprising some guys that people did you know, thought some people that you know some guys that people would thought were done or you know definitely didn't predict like Matt Ryan top three you know Roethlisberger you assume people thought was going to fall off a little bit and then you got guys like Brady who you know I don't think anyone seen him that low like you said Russell Wilson just uh, Carson Wentz uh, it's just I don't know man it's a it's, um, it's a crazy game man it's a crazy game it's why we play it This is why we play it, man. This is why we play it. And also looking at this, you know, something else you you also mentioned to me was um the Chubb factor, man. Nick Chubb and how, how well he's been playing the last few weeks. And you know, you questioned whether, you know, this would this would continue. Um you know one one thing first of all about Nick Chubb is they never give Duke the ball, man. It sucks. But Nick Chubb is flourishing. Nick Chubb is flourishing. I'm going to throw a couple at you and you tell me where, who, who you think will be better, who performs better over the next, you know, the final four games between Nick Chubb and these guys. Okay.
1: All right. I'm ready. All right. This so, gonna one, be, so this is going to be wild. So All one, right. so
0: one you kind of threw out first was Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah. I think with that, I do have to roll with Aaron Jones simply just because the, the Packers should be the better offense. Um, they've, Actually been undefeated at home this year and have the majority of their games at home down the stretch here. Uh, if I remember correctly, three of their next four are at home, um, which should help. I mean, he's got an amazing matchup this week against the Cardinals, so immediately I feel like he's the most impactful. Uh, I, yeah, in, in that matchup, I, I'd go with Jones.
0: Okay, um, Nick Chubb or James Conner, who's had a you know a little bit of a slow, a little bit of a slow lately.
1: God, that one is actually a little tough for me. I I think I still roll with Connor down the stretch here, um, but I feel a lot less confident about it. Like I I feel like Pittsburgh's offense might be shifting a bit, and uh, you know he's had some key mistakes that uh, that might cost him playing time. I'm not sure how much they you know are going to use Jalen Samuels, but that that one's closer to me.
0: Yeah, this is totally. You know, my just a thought I'm thinking of here is not something that there's any factual evidence for, but do you think there's anything to at least from a mental aspect the idea that now that Le'Veon Bell definitely isn't going to play, it takes it, it changes James Conner in a way, like mentally, like that maybe he felt like this whole time he had to do something extra to hold off Bell when he comes back or hold a job of some sort when Bell comes back, and now that Bell's definitely not coming back, it changes something for him mentally?
1: No, I think that's more of a spectator thing that we play that shit up. Yeah, I think true. for them, it has way more to do with just the wear and tear on your body and the fact that he's never done this for a full season in the NFL. He just hasn't. Like, his check. body's got to be breaking down. And on top of that, it's getting colder. You know, there's, there's a lot of elements as the NFL season wears on that I think with these guys that are kind of flash in the pan players and are getting a large workload for the first time in their career. Some guys just they, – they deteriorate. They just become less and less effective as the year goes on.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, man. How about Chubb or David Johnson?
1: All right, yeah, that one I got to go Chubb. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> – I found it. I, I found the sweet spot. David Johnson – you know, for for as, as bad as the Cardinals have been and as bad as you think David Johnson has been – He's the RB ten so far this year in PBR. Like he hasn't been as bad as we all think because of where we drafted him. But ultimately, like I, I just I, I think Chubb has so much more upside. Like, and that's so crazy to say about someone who's being drafted in the top four. But down the stretch here, he feels like he does.
0: Yeah, I feel like with David Johnson, you never feel like he's gonna like kill you. You know, you never feel like, okay, this guy's gonna have a horrible day. Like there's not I feel like there's not much of a chance for that, but like like you
1: said, the upside though, like what is it at this point? <laughs> you know, Yeah, what I mean? and I mean I kind of like how, you know, since they've had the regime change there, that the offense has shifted and they're they're giving David Johnson more opportunities and stuff, but the play calling there is still rough. It's still, you know, really, really poor and not effective and they don't utilize David Johnson nearly enough, or you know, utilize Larry Fitzgerald nearly enough to just speak to some of the other things that they're not doing. But ultimately, with Cleveland, the the, the reason we've seen Chubb be so effective the last three weeks, I mean, he basically has three weeks of being a top-12 running back. He was uh, RB 13 three, or two weeks ago, then RB 4, and now RB 3 this past week. I mean, what has changed for them is – Freddie Kitchen is an amazing play caller. I mean, he's been fantastic, and you're seeing things click in Cleveland that I were hoping would click at the beginning of the year, and now you have Baker leading them, and it feels like there's a lot of things pointing in the right direction for him. So, yeah, I I like Chubb enough to to say that I like him more than David Johnson down the stretch here.
0: Nice, nice, okay. That's a little bold, that's a little bold, but I, I respect it, I respect it. Trying to think if there's anybody else I'm interested in thinking, comparing here really quick before I change gears. Uh, what about someone like
1: Sonny Michelle or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. Okay. It's to me like Sonny Michelle makes me super nervous with Burkhead coming back. And I, I don't know, I, especially in PPR leagues, it's just never going to see passes. It's just. Yeah. I know the Patriots are going to shift to running the ball more and more down the stretch. They always seem to. Um, But with Burkhead coming back, there's just too much uncertainty there.
0: Yeah. Um, Some big injuries. You know, guys went straight to the IR. Um, Melvin Gordon, his season's over. Marvin Jones' season is over. Jack Doyle's season is over. Um, That was a rough, rough week. Um, obviously, like we said, terrible timing, you know, with the playoffs and stuff here, it doesn't give people a chance to really adjust much. And hopefully you had, you know, some sort of a uh, reasonable replacement. Um, but that definitely changes some things. When you hear those three names, Adam, what
1: pops out first? Anything? My Scott Fishbowl team. <laughs> because, uh... <laughs> yeah, i uh, I drafted real real poor at tight end. Um, and I was relying on Jack Doyle, and he'd been all right. He'd been pretty solid throughout the year when he was playing. And then when he missed weeks, I had will Disley for a little while and then he got injured. and I've just I've had to plug and play a lot at tight end. and now it's basically like, I've got Dan Arnold and Tyler Higby. And Dallas Goddard. Those are my yes. tight ends in the Scott Fishbowl, and I got to start one each week. Hopefully, you've learned so. your
0: lesson to never, never trust Jack Doyle.
1: Ugh, I don't think that's what I learned. That I was think a, I that just was learned. Pull
0: the move from n- you, my friend.
1: Never to go that thin at any position, no matter how pointless the position is. But really, I don't even know if that mattered because I still won my Scott Fishbowl division. So oh, here we go, this guy.
0: <laughs> You're breaking all the fucking barriers. First round draft ah, it doesn't matter.
1: Draft doesn't a tight end,
0: matter. nah, it doesn't matter.
1: doesn't matter. You know does matter? the scoring, you know the scoring, you're really favored tight ends, ah, who cares. Nah, nah just, just draft Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill and it'll be fine. It'll be good. It'll be yeah, good. Once be again,
0: good. playmakers stand out and show that they're all that matters, Adam. The guys who can take that ball and do the craziest things with it just teams, just seem to matter a little more, man. It's just the way it goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, obviously, Austin Eckler is the name that just pops out to me here. Uh, in that situation, you know, Ebron, we've already seen what he does. Um, in Marvin Jones' case, I, when wide receivers go down, I don't tend to, like, you know, give the other starter, you know, like, oh, he's going to get way more targets. now. Nah, I'm not that guy. I'm like, somebody else has to, like, get targets besides the guy that we want to get the targets. Um, but Austin... Man, what does this do for Austin to you? Do you have Do you have belief in Austin? Do you think he can pull TJ Yeldon-type shit here? Or do you think, oh, no chance. not going to happen. He's he's not he's not strong enough to carry the load. Da, 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 da. Which camp are you in? Because I can already see certain people saying, oh, Austin Eckler's stock's going to go up now. And I don't really believe in him, so I'm going to trade him for something. And you know me. I'm the guy that says, hey, he can TJ Yeldon his shit up right now, man.
1: Yeah, I think he's gonna make T.J. Yeldon look like trash. I, oh, I think nice. that he's gonna, come on, bro. I, I honestly respect. I think I think he's going to plug and play almost as well as James Conner has. I have I have high high hopes,
0: bro. You said he's make T.J. Yeldon look like trash. We just talked about the guys top twelve through. I mean through weeks one through twelve, and Yeldon's not in a bad place here, man.
1: Where's Yeldon at on this fucking list? He's 14th. I mean, he's he's been Come solid. On, bro.
0: Come on. But
1: that's what I'm saying is James Conner is sixth. So if you want to go from like a points per game perspective. So where are you putting that? Yeah, guy? I, I think like Austin Eckler is going to be a top 12 running back down the stretch. All right. All right.
0: I, I like do. it. I like it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Just don't Here, ever quit. I'll,
1: I'll, take it, I'll take it one step further. TJ Yeldon on the season has averaged 14.1 points. I think that Austin Eckler exceeds that average over the next four games. Actually, I, I'll i say the caveat of while Melvin Gordon's out, because we don't know yet exactly how much Melvin Gordon's going to miss. So Whatever. Whatever. to me, Dun- while Melvin Gordon's out, he's Dunzo. a must start.
0: Dunzo. Dunzo. Listen, all I know is I'm glad that you have faith in Eckler. I'm glad that some people do because these guys deserve it, man. They deserve it. People are always afraid, uh, you know, worried and afraid to give these guys the, you know, the, the, uh, the spotlight. I'm I, people, well, eh, you can't carry the load. Is you know, eh, they're going to want to give it to other guys. And yeah, I get it. But like, I don't know, man, you can't be afraid in moments like these. And I, and I hope a lot of people got him in their lineups for the playoffs because it's going to be important, man. He's going to help out a lot. Um, yeah, the rest I don't care about too much. Um, I want to run some trust or trust issues with you, Adam. Got some players here that are on my mind. We've talked about a couple of them a a little bit, um, but I want want to go a little further in-depth with you on it. Um, Again, if you're new, I'm just going to throw these guys out at Adam, and he's going to tell me whether you trust him or not and why he trusts him or not. Um, of course, this is open to, to to the listeners, Adam. If anyone wants to throw names at us, you know, on social media, whatever, we're more than happy to you know throw them into the show too. Especially if you got guys, you know, that you're worried about in the playoffs and stuff like that. And let's kind of focus on the playoffs with this. Um, let's not look at it from like a dynasty perspective and long term. Let's just look at like, uh, you know the fancy play playoffs closing out the year, like how, how whether what you trust or have trust issues with these guys. Um, the first one is James Conner. It sounds like you know you feel pretty good about him
1: yeah i mean i'd say trust issues though like overall i mean especially if i'm gonna start guys like chubb over him i I think that you know he'd been a player who was pretty much a every week plug and play starter and i do not feel that way anymore i feel like he's definitely someone that i would question i play guys like philip Lindsay over him this week nick chubb uh aaron jones maybe even austin eckler that wouldn't be closer for me but probably austin eckler um, so, yeah, yeah don't I mean, awesome over him. I, don't, I don't hate James Conner, but I, I definitely think there are a couple matchup plays that if, you know, you've hit on some pieces, you might play him over.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have questions about James Conner. So I wanted to bring him up because, you know, I think we're both kind of in the same boat with him. Like we don't think he's horrible or like he's just going to fall off the face of the earth, but there are guys that we do like more. And if you have those guys, we would start them over James Conner, basically. Um, the guy I didn't want to talk about earlier, Amari Cooper obviously i'm not happy with the guy man he's I, I don't care about amari cooper in general because you know i'm a, I'm a raider fan and he's an ex raider it's not what i'm mad about but i just feel like he's done a lot of shade lately at the raiders and trying to you know he, he now that he's gotten a little shine as a cowboy he's like you know trying to throw us under the bus but i mean he can do what he wants i still rather have the first round draft pick but going forward in the playoffs do you trust him
1: gotta trust him got to i mean just saw this week, He, you know, gets another eight receptions, 70 yards. That's 15 points in a PPR league. So I feel like the way he's being utilized, you you have to trust him. Yeah.
0: I think if nothing else, the Cowboys are just going to constantly feed these <coughs> through the ball. And because they're going to do that, he's going to make enough plays to always make it, you know, worth, worth starting him. So uh, I'm with you as much as I hate to say it. Um, Lamar Miller.
1: Trust, baby. Oh, you've been waiting Lamar, for this moment, yo! I can I'm so glad you brought him up. Lamar Miller breakout week. God, Lamar Miller breakout week was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, talked him up. I talked him down. I thought I was justified, and now you're getting a little. You know, you're getting a little uh, shine. You know, it's little really shine.
1: interesting how much, um, uh, you know, we've seen in Lamar Miller's career. For some odd reason, teams never want to give him carries, but if you actually do he's really good
0: he's really good
1: he looked good last
0: week I don't know if I can say he's really good but last week he looked good do you care Bet about you he the looks good again this week do you care about Foreman at all thinking he's going to come back and spoil a little bit of the party for you
1: I did last week but I don't anymore
0: no nah, you don't know how <laughs> one week can change the world for you Adam all right so you trust Lamar Miller do you trust him going forward you're all in Fancy playoffs. Your 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 season is on the line. Big bucks, ego, pride. Do you trust Lamar Miller?
1: Yeah, it's like an RB two though. I mean I feel like a lot of the guys we just talked about I'd have to start over. I'm like Okay. Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, all those guys I feel like are still above him. But I feel like he's he's someone I'd be much more confident to start than I was two weeks ago. All right, that is
0: fair. Um, Another one that I want to throw at you, a wide receiver, we've mentioned a little bit today. Um, We've mentioned that he's had, you know, a decent season. His quarterback has not been, you know, off the charts, but he is top 15, and that's Tyler Lockett. Do you trust him or don't trust him? You know, you got some
1: trust issues with him into the playoffs. I'm going to say trust issues, but only because he's a little nicked up. Um, I feel like, you know, He also has been extremely successful on a smaller target share. Um, He's been a little bit touchdown dependent. So I think because of that, there's just a handful of factors that just make me nervous between the injury. Like, if it was just one of those factors, it might not be a big deal. But to have multiple factors, like a low target share, you know, getting a large percentage of your fantasy points off touchdowns, and then on top of that, being nicked up and, and potentially missing time due to injury, like... There's enough there for me not to trust.
0: Yeah, on uh, Fantasy Pro is a little note here on him. It says he has scored a touchdown in eight of eleven games, um, despite averaging four point eight targets per contest. Um, it says it's getting harder to dispute his efficiency after scoring, securing fifteen to sixteen throws for two hundred forty-five yards over the last three games. Um, yada yada yada. So yeah. I mean, he's got some interest in stat line. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I actually have him in a few leagues. Um, I did feel like he was a guy that was going to, like, bounce back this year. Finally, you know, Tyler Lock like, is one of those guys that, again, people have been talking up for, like, years, it feels like. Like, every year, it's, oh, this is his year. This is his year. And I felt like, to, you know, why not take a shot on him this year when people aren't really saying it's his year, you know? So this is one of those years where I had a lot of stock in him, and he's done pretty well. So, um, I hope that it continues. I hope. That I don't continues. know, man.
1: I, I honestly, I think it's just R- Russell Wilson has no one to throw the ball to, and they're like, at all there, like there's there's nobody. He has nobody to throw the ball to, and it's just ended up that oh, you know, I'll, I I guess I have to utilize <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Like to me, I don't know. Are you holding that against
0: it, Tyler Lockett, my friend? You holding that I against just,
1: him? You know, I, I, I'll be honest. Tyler Lockett has had some has some solid games, but like, I, I I would say that he hasn't convinced me. Like from a dynasty perspective, like moving forward, I could easily see Doug Baldwin getting healthy again and Tyler Lockett being what you know Tyrell Williams is now. Like remember Tyrell Williams when Keenan Allen was injured? Everybody thought he was hot shit too, but <laughs> as soon as a talented player comes back and his target share goes away, it's like. Oh, I'm gonna to throw to the wide receiver who's actually good. Yeah, uh, you just had a really talented quarterback who was able to get you the ball when he had no one else to throw to. You, but now you're worthless again. All right, that's kind of what I see for Tyler
0: Lock. I'm not digging you, man. You're you're, you're, saying, mm, a of, I you're know. saying a lot of shady shit this week. Um, since you're saying shady shit, let's just go to foul or no foul. Let's let's put you on. Let's put you on the spot for some statements here and see see which way you roll with this stuff. Um, so the first one, the first one I got for you is. Baker Mayfield's criticism of his former head coach—his honesty—is refreshing. Foul or no foul?
1: No foul. Of course, it's refreshing, man. God, it's so nice. I—I I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm a Baker Baker fanboy. Like, obviously, I think I have been for a while already. So it just continues. Like, I, I like—I like how he was so matter of fact about it too. Just like.
0: Standing tall, man. He's standing tall. Yeah. Even with all even with all the you know the the people questioning, you know, what he said and why he said it and this and that. He's like, ah, oh, this is who I am, man. He's like, I'm not your, you know, your typical quarterback. I'm never gonna be that guy. I'm never gonna, you know, you know, keep my mouth shut. And this is who I am. And I, I appreciated that, man. Especially out of a rookie who, you know, those guys sometimes can cave into all the pressure and oh you know, sure. this is how
1: you're supposed to act
0: kind of thing. You know, he didn't falter at all, man.
1: Yeah, and I mean that honestly, is going to go huge towards leading that team like they they rally around him I'm really really impressed with what Freddie Kitchen has done so far with that offense and I feel like they're gonna turn the corner I'd love to see them make Freddie Kitchen the coach next year I'd, I'd love to see that I mean it, to keep him on his offensive play caller at the very least would be huge but I think that you know Cleveland has a good chance to really threaten next year which uh I kind of thought was in the cards this year, and I think that they might have an interesting stretch run down here. Like, I can see them even upsetting Houston this week. But ultimately, I think next year, they, they really have a chance to be contenders. Yeah.
0: We'll see, man. A lot of people said that this year, too. A lot of people were high on the Browns this year. We talked about it early in the season. Before the season started. Co-
1: coaching. coaching. Coaching actually means something. Coaching Who would have guessed?
0: Who would figure? All right. Um... Shameful move by the Redskins to pick up linebacker Ruben Foster on waivers after the continuous domestic dispute issues. Foul or no foul?
1: I mean, no foul to the way that you phrase that. It's a foul that the Redskins <laughs> would do this, though. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, I mean, you can put it through so many windows, and I often hear it compared to, like, oh, wow, Kaepernick can never play in the game again because he protested, but players who commit domestic violence, like, I don't even think you need to do the comparison. It's just effed up that somebody who has a history of abuse against women is allowed to play a game for a living and make a ridiculous amount of money and be promoted by one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sporting organization in the world. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of the things that I hate about the game I love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know you know Gruden came out and was like, oh, you know he may never play again and da da da. da but like, why even pick the guy up? Like, what's what is the point? Like, and and again, I know like I don't think I don't know if he's ever been charged with any of these things, right? I mean, the last one like the the girl kind of like was like, ah, oh, we're just kidding, didn't happen. And now you know there's some new incidents and stuff. And so this is all allegedly, I think, because I don't think I don't think he's ever been charged with anything. But it's still one of those things where it's like, how many times is something gonna happen? You know, and we're gonna keep saying, oh, okay, you know, you're a good player, so we'll just keep, you know, acting like it's okay. It does suck, you know what I mean? And I just don't see the point in it. Like, it kind of reminds you of, like, Alden Smith and these kind of guys where it's, like, they just keep dragging out and out and out and out. And it's, like, it doesn't look good, you know what I mean, to do it. So, it's definitely a shitty, shitty thing. I'm with you, Adam. Um, Next one. Running back Le'Veon Bell will never play football again. Foul or no foul. No foul.
1: I, I'm Ooh. I'm really of th- I'm really of this belief. I um, I hope I'm wrong. I really ju- legitimately do. Like I I want to watch Le'Veon Bell play football more. I you know, I think he's a great player. Um, I'll be interested to see what sort of attention he gets in free agency. My expectation is he's not going to get the money he thinks he's deserving of. And he's already had a year away. We don't know what he's going to be like if and when he comes back, if he comes back. And I think that the amount of money that's going to be offered to a player who just took a year off is going to be probably quite similar to the amount of money the Steelers were already offering him, if not worse than that. So the real question is, is Le'Veon Bell holding out because he really thinks he deserves more money and deserves to be paid like the best NFL players and not just like the best NFL running back? Or was it more about the Steelers, the organization, and feeling disrespected? Because if it's just a disrespect thing, he might just go to another team who's not even going to pay him as much. Yeah. Because he doesn't feel disrespected by them. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean,. I guess the real question is, is it more about money or ego? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's what I was curious about. I think it's about, about. both. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I was uh, curious
0: about that, like whether a team would even pay him more than the Steelers. And like you said, will it come down to like, because I mean, at, at some point, if he doesn't get offered as much as the Steelers, he can always pull that card of, well, you know, this team didn't disrespect me like the Steelers. So he can always pull that card in return. I hope that the ego thing and the pride thing don't get in the way of that. You know, he says, "Oh well, I wouldn't sign for that other money, so I look ridiculous coming back and signing for this money." So, I'm just not going to sign. I, that will suck. Um, like you said, I want to see him play football again too. But at the same time, we're not him. It's not our body. It's not our life. And you know, if he decides to step away for from all that money and everything for that re- for those reasons, and so be it. Right? Gotta yeah, I mean, more it, I power to him. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last one I have for you, regardless of health. Lamar Jackson will hold off Joe Flacco rest of season foul or no foul. Oh,
1: man uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with no foul because I, 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 I think that's ultimately what I want. I mean I want to see Lamar Jackson play more. I want to see if he is anything more than a glorified Tim Tebow which I gotta be honest that's kind of what it looks like to me right now. I mean uh, uh, Jacob Rickroad actually posted something on Twitter today that was comparing Tebow's stats over his first two starts with Lamar Jackson's. And they're basically identical. Um, I definitely don't think Lamar Jackson is Tim Tebow. Uh, I think that he has way more potential. I think he is a way better athlete. But that being said, the way in which they're utilizing him is not going to be successful in the long term. And I'm interested to see over the stretch end here, if they continue winning, how they adapt the offense. Because we saw a drastic difference between what they did in the first week with Lamar Jackson and then what they came out trying to do the second week. And then they realized, oh, that's not going to work. He does actually need to run the ball. And then they, they ran him in the second half. But, like, I just... I don't know if that player can work in the NFL unless he develops a better like skill set passing the ball. Like you see glimpses, but I feel like there's no consistency. And I don't know if it's just going to be too much too soon, but I, I want to see what he can do. So I, I hope he gets out there.
0: Yeah. And from a fantasy football perspective, how do you feel about him? Like, um, again, he's one of those guys who he doesn't necessarily get the points the way the other quarterbacks do but he gets the points though does that make sense oh yeah
1: no I mean he's great I mean like I said he's Tim Tebow like when Tim Tebow was around he was a lock QB1 almost every week just because his rushing floor and that's that's basically what Lamar Jackson is he's basically a lock QB1 in this climate like top 15 QB because we have so many QBs that just have huge weeks every week um but You know, that rushing floor definitely helps a ton. And in the fantasy playoffs, personally, I like having quarterbacks that have a high floor. Um, I've been really lucky and don't have to start anyone like Lamar Jackson or anybody who I feel that iffy about. I think that there's other streaming options that in the long run have turned out better, like Jameis Winston right now and, and some other players. But I feel like if I was starting Lamar Jackson anywhere, I wouldn't feel nervous about it. I'd feel pretty content.
0: I agree. I agree, man. And that's it for Fowler No Fowl. I don't actually have anything else for the show. Do you have anything else, man? Do you have anything you feel like we need to get to before we close this bad boy
1: out? Nah, I got nothing. No? I got nothing either, man. Nothing uh, else. G- good luck to all the clock dodger nation out there, uh, unless I play in any leagues with you, in which case bad luck. Lots, lots and <laughs> lots of bad luck.
0: Yeah. But, shout out uh, shout out to everybody. You know, anyone who's uh you know, I talked to a lot of guys, there's a lot of Scott Fishbowl guys who are either clock dodger family, affiliated, whatever, uh, who did really well. Shout out to uh I know Neil Nagel did really well.
1: Yeah, shout out to him, he's nipping at my heels. He's sixty <sighs> second overall. I'm sixtieth. Yeah,
0: so there's a few guys Just out there who did really close. Well.
1: Yeah, and
0: I know there's a lot of guys in the playoffs and their leagues and everything, so definitely um, good luck to them. Um, I don't really have anything, do you have anything to share today either for show and tell. I mean, the only thing I have, obviously, you know, I've been out of commission here for a couple of weeks a little bit because, you know, my mom's situation with, you know, everything she went through, everyone's kind of familiar with it that I've spoken to on a one-on-one basis, um, but she's doing well right now. She's back home for anyone who cares, who's concerned, who sent thoughts and positive wishes. Um, So she's doing better, obviously, than she was, you know, a week or two ago. Um, So thank you to everyone who's been kind of showing love for that. Um, So definitely love your friends and your family and let everyone know you love them when you do. Um, But other than that, man, I don't really have anything else to share. Do you? You know, I didn't. I didn't really, uh... Nothing interesting think, going on in your life that you want to share, man? I didn't
1: think about the, uh, bringing something to a ta- the Bro, table, man. I
0: to show and tell with fucking nothing. I know.
1: I know. I dropped the ball. I got nothing to show or tell. Adam.
0: <sighs> Disappointed, man. Disappointed. No music, no movies, no TV shows, no books, no nothing.
1: I mean, we can stall as long as we want, but unless you want me to talk about Survivor being on for, what, this is like the 38th season or something, I got nothing. Do you watch (laughs) it? Oh, Survivor? Yeah. yeah, I've watched every season of Survivor since it came out. I I remember, uh, actually, I watched the second season. That was my first season of Survivor that I watched, but I've gone back and watched the first season since. But I was like 12 years old at the time. My whole family watched it. Everybody was hooked. Yeah, and, I used uh, to watch
0: it when it first came yeah,
1: out. Throughout the years, I mean, I've stuck with it and watched basically every season. At this point, I've seen every season. I didn't necessarily watch it when it came out. But uh, for a while, I, I watched like reruns of it with an ex of mine who I wanted to show the show to but didn't <laughs> want to watch a season I'd already watched. So went back and like watched old seasons that I hadn't seen. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a, it's such an interesting game and it's such an interesting show and in how it's kind of developed over the years. I, I mean, to me, it's like one of those things that it has such a strong cult following that the fans of Survivor are diehard fans of Survivor, but anyone who doesn't watch Survivor yet, I, I don't feel like I can convince you to watch Survivor, but I find it fascinating. Like, to me, it's, it's one of the most interesting games that exists, and the fact that it's played as like a reality TV show is just such a weird way for it to be presented to you know an audience but as far as a game and how it works and how it you know is basically like a social experiment uh, it's fascinating
0: yeah and, that, that, that show was kind of a trendsetter in that field of, type of oh shows. yeah
1: for sure and it's stayed it's had such staying power i mean it's been 18 years that the show's been on
0: yeah, you got to respect that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got oh, to respect it. And you know, your boy uh, Jerry Springer is getting a new show, man. You're going go to I you're heard. Gonna, you're gonna go to it? I heard. You're going to go to it and make another uh, impactful moment?
1: Uh, maybe if you make a trip out to Chicago, we can go to a film.
0: <laughs> judge Jerry Springer. Judge I wonder Jerry. if he's
1: going to film in Chicago for that, too. I uh, doubt I it. I don't but know. That'd I, be cool. You think
0: everyone's going to be like, Jerry, Jerry, when he's at the judge? you're going to be like,
1: order the court, order the court. <laughs> <laughs> can I only could,
0: hope. By the way, I couldn't find your episode, man.
1: I know I, I tried to I, I tried to I looked for a long time actually but yeah it it's it's pretty much impossible there's like thousands of jerry springer episodes it's ridiculous their catalog is just insanity i'm not gonna
0: lie i'm disappointed that you didn't have someone like record that episode like you knew you were gonna be there you knew it
1: well yeah i'm disappointed that i don't talk to any of the people well i talked to one of the people who uh who went but i know he doesn't know so yeah the other two people who i went with i don't even talk to anymore so it's like these are the times where i wish i had facebook because it's like that'd be the best thing to reach out over after all this time is be like hey remember that time we went to jerry springer Do you know how to watch
0: that? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Adam obviously doesn't have a Facebook. I don't have a personal Facebook either, but you can find Adam on Twitter. He's at the other FF guy. And you can find a Clock Dodgers Facebook page, which you can, you know, go on there and like or something. I don't really know. I don't use Facebook like that. But more importantly, find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Clock Dodgers. Like I said, he's at the other FF guy. That's it for today's show, Adam. That's it, man. That's all we got. Keep dodging. I know you don't have to, you know, have any good. I didn't say,
1: I didn't say, I didn't finish it out yet.
0: (laughs) I didn't even say it. You're so antsy and anxious to not Uh, get squeezed out of this. I was
1: trying to get it in first this time. I thought we were going to change it up. Like I would say it first. No, no, no. We definitely weren't. No, no,
0: definitely not changing anything up so you could say it first.
1: All right. Keep dodging.
0: No, no. No, definitely not happening. Um,. I You're gonna lost? have to edit all these out. Keep I, dodging! I lost my train of thought. No, I had something to say. i actually I'm sorry. Had something. Become great. Keep dodging. Oh, got gotcha you there.
1: No, I heard yeah. you trying to sneak it in. No, I snuck it in. But you just got
0: negated because you said it when I said it, so they're not gonna hear you. So
1: that that's fine. That's but I, I, I we end it. Good night,
0: everybody. Good night. See you later, Cloud Doctor family. We're done.
1: You dodging